The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. A little bit earlier in the show, Simon Harris, the Minister for Justice, was with me and we talked a little bit about, uh, well, a whole range of issues, but about uh, tasers for the Gardaí as well. This is an issue that came up actually on News Talk Breakfast this morning. Brendan O'Connor, President of the GRA, the Garda Representative Association, explained why he believes that tasers should be more widespread amongst members. The statistics don't lie and there's a, a huge escalation in the number of attacks on our members. Our primary focus as a representative body is to protect our members and we believe that the tasers are an appropriate escalation. And we have seen that internationally the taser is widely available and in, we, we often look to Scotland for leadership and we see in Scotland where we have possibly a quarter of uniformed frontline officers or what's called STO, specially trained officers, the actual number of times that it's actually used is very, very few. And when offenders see the red dot on their chest and know that there's a chance that they may be tasered, they often de-escalate and don't involve. Yeah, so that was Brendan O'Connor from the GRA uh, on Newstalk Breakfast this morning. Simon Harris was less supportive uh, of this idea when I spoke to him within the last uh, hour. Uh, the de-escalation, that word used by Brendan O'Connor. Simon Harris suggested that if Gardaí had tasers in, in this country, he couldn't interpret it as anything other than an escalation uh, in, in most situations. Uh, Paul Williams is with me now, the criminologist and special correspondent with the Irish Independent. Paul, do you think more Gardaí should have tasers? I think they should. Yes, I think that um, a ta- tasers have been proved. They're not. They're non-lethal weapons. Um, Gardaí, on an increasing basis, uh, uh, dramatically, there has been a dramatic increase in, in violent assaults on Gardaí. Two hundred eighty-five, I think, last year compared to twenty percent the previous year. And this was in rank and file cops. Um, that they should indeed be equipped with these because they are much. Uh, put it this way, they're probably safer than using a firearm. Um, the Gardaí, on a regular basis, we saw, for example, in Ballyfermot, Kieran, you remember, remember this, I think it was last year, where a female Garda and our male colleague were set upon by a group of thugs in, in, on the side of the street late one night. We saw the, ma- the male Garda being pummeled on the ground because he had no weapon to protect himself. Um, his female Garda colleague was dragged by the hair. Now, if she had a taser, perhaps she could have de-escalated that situation and perhaps come to her aid of her colleague and, and her own and, and to herself. Now, and protected herself. Garda Colum Horkin, who was shot dead uh, in Castle in a small, quiet country town uh, in the middle of the night, um, if he had been carrying a taser, perhaps the situation might not have been quite so uh, tragic. Now, th- th- there are strict rules and regulations regarding the use of all weapons assigned to Garda. And I think what I, I heard there from Brendan O'Connor was that he was talking about proper training. The Gardaí need to be properly trained in the use of these devices, and there are Gardaí using them already. They are a serious deterrent value. Um, because, you know, you have to look at the, the bigger picture. The, 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 it's easy for us to sit here and have a debate about this, because we're not the ones who have to go out on the streets of Dublin mm. or Limerick or Kilkenny or whatever and face violent and hostile people uh, front and take, it, and take them on in the interest of preserving peace. And that's the, the essential quality of policing that's different to all other uh, professions. You know, it's the random and unusual um, nature of police work where the potential threat of violence literally lurks around every corner. And policing is distinct then from other hazardous occupations because its core tasks require officers to face situations where, where the risk lies in the unpredictable outcome of encounters with other people. Um, and so why shouldn't they be given every uh, piece of equipment possible to protect them as best they can? 
it, it would it makes perfect sense that they will be um, equipped yeah. with tasers on a more a more a much wider basis. Liam Herrick is with us as well, Executive Director of the Irish Council for Civil Liberties. Liam, would you have reservations about all Gardaí carrying tasers? Um, we would, Kieran, um, and hello to Paul. I mean, I, I think we'd echo a lot of what the minister said earlier in the programme. I mean, first of all, of course, this is a very serious problem. I mean, the Garda Commissioner has said that he hasn't seen any significant change over an eight-year period, but there have been worrying peaks in assaults against guards in the last number of months with some of the anti-migrant protests. And during the pandemic, there was a similar pattern as well. It's a serious issue. And as Paul rightly says, it's a job that's inherently dangerous. But if we take the logic that we must provide all possible tools, you know, that's an argument for, for firearms and everything as well. We have a number of options at our disposal and we must be careful to choose the most appropriate ones. The, the issue of safety, and it is, a, it is a health and safety at work question, guards deserve to be given everything that they should proportionately that will keep them safe. But there's complex issues of rostering, there's complex issues about the use of vehicles, about the deployment of special units like armed units, and yes, the question of equipment as well. But We've been part of international research with human rights groups all over the world where what is categorised as less lethal weapons have been used extensively. And what we see is that these are dangerous tools that can have very negative effects. They've been associated with a significant number of deaths of arrested persons in the United States. They've caused serious burns. They've caused serious injuries, including heart attacks. So... It is a very serious matter, and I think, as Minister Harris has said, it would be a significant escalation in the use of force in the Irish policing context. And, you know, this is the background here. These were used as a less dangerous alternative to guns in countries like the United States. We have a proud tradition of a largely unarmed police force, and we have a vision in the Commission of the Future Policing for a community police service. This would, I think, very much be a step in the wrong direction. And we're not saying that there wouldn't be an appropriate use in certain limited circumstances. For example, the prison service might need to use them with exceptionally identified dangerous prisoners. Mm. They might be used in a siege situation. So like everything and like firearms, they have their place. But in our view, it's a very restricted and specialist place. And we wouldn't see a a, a case being made yet for, for an extension of it. And indeed... The Garda Commissioner ha- has not made such a case to government uh, for such a proposal to this point. He doesn't need mm. it necessary. Uh, pa- Paul, if these tasers are capable and on very, very, very rare occasions, admittedly, of, of causing serious damage to people and even killing them, uh, that, that isn't a strong mm. argument against the guards having them, isn't it? Or all guards? Well, of course, there is another argument as well. I do agree with a lot of what, what Liam says. We're, we're, we're mo- by and large, on the same page. But the, if a guy who's out of his head on cocaine uh, comes up and smashes uh, a, a, two ladies on the side of the street at 12 o'clock at night or 1 o'clock in the morning and two guardy come along and try and take him on and he's absolutely going bananas and he's a big strong lump of a fella and they take on a taser to take him down to, to, to subdue him and he dies of a heart attack and then we discovered he had an underlying heart attack, a heart problem before that. He shouldn't have been out in the street in the first place, coked out of his head and going mad and tearing people apart. And that's a, that is a, a consequence we face. Do we want, like if you see some of the photographs of cops in, the, in Dublin and Limerick and Cork who are being attacked in the course of their duties and the kind of injuries inflicted upon them. I did a research project some years ago where I found that 
the vast majority of police was talking about conflict in a, working in a conflicted uh, an occupational culture in a conflicted environment uh, and hostile environment and all of them the people I interviewed the guardian I interviewed uh, as part of the research were saying that you know we feel that as officers that we don't really count in the big picture because when people are brought to court for smashing a female officer's face in. And this was one of the people I spoke to. She had her nose broken and her jaw broken. When that character, who had a long criminal record, was brought before the courts, he um, he was given a suspended sentence. It show, And if he had done that to you or me, um, he would have got a, a, a custodial sentence. And the feeling for the cop on the ground is, what's the point of me putting my neck on the line? There was one other thing. There was a guard inspector, Tony Gallagher. He's retired from the Dublin, uh, North Inner City. He was based in Store Street. He was a very, very well-respected community police officer all his life he spent in there. And he recently spoke about the fact that officers are leaving in large numbers, young officers on a level that never seen before. And he's saying that guardy are being assaulted and threatened on the streets, while at the same time, they're not taking action for fear that if they do take action, which mm-hmm. is their job, they face disciplinary sanctions from management. And he, he made the point that it's now a stage where Gardaí, before they take on a situation, they have to apply their thoughts to what will happen if I do act. And the consequence of that is that a cop will do what we see sometimes in comedies on television. He'll see the action going on in the street and they'll turn and go the other direction. Okay, so, uh, and uh, some member of the public will be left to uh, to the... To, in danger. Uh, Liam, um, the, the situations that Paul d- describes, I mean, uh, Simon Harris touched on some of them as well and that does seem to be the feedback, you know, from Gardaí that, that uh, they feel that there's certain kind of environments in Ireland and at certain times of the night in, in parts of cities that are, are getting more and more hostile. I, is that where you look at maybe introducing tasers to some officers in those situations, maybe not all, but to some. And, you know, you don't necessarily then have a taser to the kind of community police officer or the lad kind of standing at the roundabout outside Semple Stadium the day of the big match. Well, I mean, I think there's a there's a few kind of complicated policing questions there, Kieran. First of all, on the question of legislation, I mean, the, the minister talked about increasing the maximum penalty um, for assaults on guards and Paul gave a, an example I'm not familiar if it's a specific case or not that uh, th- there was a view that the sentence was inappropriate in a particular case. We have a bigger problem here in Ireland that we have very little good data on the sentencing patterns in the courts mm. but if, if there was evidence that there was a pattern over time that when assaults on police come before the courts they're not dealt with seriously enough I think we'd all be interested in responding to that. The problem is we don't know. I mean, Paul gave one anecdote. I, I mean, I, I don't know if there's more than that. But I mean, I, I think certainly the community at large and certainly ICCL would be strongly of the view that an assault on a member of the guards or other emergency services should be dealt with as an aggravating circumstances and it does merit serious treatment because it's an assault yeah. on the community. It, it's difficult to make policy in this area though when you don't know What's the pattern? And I think you rightly put the question to the minister, do we, do we have any evidence that higher sentences would actually act as a deterrent? The answer to that is no, we don't. Um, no, I mean, and in uh, fairness, I, I think the minister, without really saying it, um, acknowledged that. It, it, it was, did, uh, his yeah, his yeah. point was that uh, it's not so much about deterring it, the higher sentences, it's more about punishing people. Yeah, yeah but I mean, you know, you're accepting there that it's not likely to, to address or change yeah. the problem. I mean, I think the, the other serious question is, 
is there a problem in the relationship between the guards in certain communities? Uh, and, and I think the, the answer to that is, is undoubtedly yes, for very complex and historical reasons. Uh, and that are not necessarily the responsibility, the, the fault completely of those communities or indeed of the guards. There are certain communities where there has been uh, concentrated social and economic difficulties over long periods of time. And sometimes there's been problems of organised crime where, and Paul knows this very well, where those communities have been under siege. And in those situations, there's a merit for a, a different police response. But like we're already seeing that because there's deployment of armed units in parts of our cities already to deal with that. So... I think the, the strategy at the high level at the moment from the guards is to concentrate on a small number of specialist units and then to try to use evidence to deploy them efficiently and effectively. I think in principle that's the right approach. Uh, but the question, of course, is do you always get that right? How can you get it better? Uh, on the other side of that, mm. in the long term, what you really want to be doing is building strong community relationships through community policing with particularly young people in those areas. And I would suggest that if we're to go down the road of creating more armour for guards, including the body-worn cameras, which we're sceptical of how they'll be received in the communities, and tasers and so on, that that's going to make community policing more difficult. And it could actually be counterproductive in the longer term. Liam Herrick is Executive Director of the Irish Council of Civil Liberties and Paul Williams is a criminologist and special correspondent with the Irish Independent. Gentlemen, thanks a million uh, for joining me on the show. Kieran, we have two police forces on this island, reminds me, uh, one listener, reminds me rather. Uh, One is extremely well armed, one is not. What happens if the island is unified? Tasers will then become a drop in the ocean. Hi, says this listener, I'm from Germany. Every police officer there has a gun and they have tasers as well. I think all Gardaí should have at least a taser and a body camera. Also, they should always be two Gardaí together. Well, Simon Harris did tell me that he fully expects by the end of this year, well in advance of that, we'll see body cameras rolled out and that all guards, almost all guards, should have body cameras on them by the end of 2023. Somebody else says, perhaps this time, Liam Harrick went out with the Gardaí and experienced firsthand the escalation and violence against their members by this new generation of drugged thugs for himself and he might change his opinion on the protection measures they need. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.